Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can follow us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. The Penguins, they lose by a final score of 2-1, to one, but that wasn't the major storyline of the day. The Penguins hit the mark on every single turn. I was in the building, first time I've been in the building since last season, and they certainly, certainly hit the mark for one of the greatest players, not just of the Penguins organization's history, but of hockey history in Yaramir Yager. From the players that they had out on the ice to the presentation of his career through videos and Paul Steigerwald, who did a fantastic job emceeing the event, to Yager's speech in general, which was fantastic. One of the best, you know, not even just speeches for a player who's getting their jersey retired, just one of the best speeches in general that you'll remember, roasting all his teammates from the 90s, making jokes about basically everybody that was on the ice. Nobody was safe from the wrath of Yarmir Yager to the fact that he was out there for warm-ups. The players were wearing mullets. They're all wearing the number 68 to wearing the Pittsburgh diagonal jerseys throughout the game with the Celebrate 68 patch. It was a great event for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was certainly a night to remember, when we look back on it in a couple years, nobody's going to think about the fact that they lost the game. Most people are going to think about the great job they were able to do for one of the greats in hockey history. But with that said, there was a hockey game to be played after all of that. And you could tell that on both sides, not just the Penguin side, but on the LA Kings side as well, that both teams were holding the stick a little too tight. They were choppy in the offensive zone. They were choppy in the defensive zone. A lot of icings in the first period of play. It was some sloppy hockey in the first 20 minutes. Things settled down a little bit towards the second and third period. But as we'll get to, the Penguins, some old demons crept up on them once again. And we've said that a couple times this season, but simply because of how important and how impactful blown leads were for this team last year, it crept back in on a massive occasion and a chance for the Penguins to get a big win over the LA Kings and they just weren't able to finish the job. Let's get to the game re- the goal recap, excuse me, here as the Penguins, like I said, the first period, choppy play on both sides, both teams struggling to get things going in the offensive zone. And finally with about, you know, 50 seconds remaining in the first period, Sidney Crosby scores his 31st goal of the season on an absolute rocket on the power play. He beats Cam Talbot to put the Penguins up one to nothing. Eric Carlson picks up the primary assist, his 31st of the season, and Brian Rust gets the secondary assist with his 17th of the season. The Penguins scoring on the power play, and you thought, all right, maybe there's a little bit of magic in the air with Yaramir Yager in attendance. They get on the 
scoreboard on the power play in the first, and they take that one to nothing lead in the second. In the second period of play, they got a couple more power play opportunities, although these started to look worse and worse as the night went on. It became a story in a negative way for the Penguins as the night went on, and in the second period, you started to see the LA Kings push back. You started to see Tristan Jari have to stand on his head, make a couple of 10-bell saves just to keep the Penguins up by one goal, and you could feel it. The Penguins were going to need more than one goal to win this game, and knowing with Jake Gensel being out with Sidney Crosby already putting in his seemingly daily goal for the Penguins, they're going to need somebody else to step up. They haven't had that all season. They were hoping and praying that that would happen in this game. Didn't happen in the second period, and they held a one nothing lead going into the third, and like I mentioned, you could tell in the first five minutes of the third period, they hadn't given up a goal yet. They were still leading. Tristan Jari was still on his angles, making some nice saves, but you could just feel that eventually a bounce is going to go the LA Kings way. They're going to get one past Tristan Jari and they're going to tie this game up because the Penguins were not forcing the issue. I know if you've listened to this show time and time again, I continue to say this. They don't force the issue with the lead in the third period. I get that you don't want to push too hard, to give up odd man rushes, to give up opportunities the other way. But you have to try to extend the lead at some point, especially if you're one of the teams that struggles to finish on your opportunities, only getting one or two in the third period and slowing things down to almost a grinding halt in the defensive zone is not conducive to winning hockey games, especially for one of the oldest teams in the league that when you give up that lead, it's going to take them a minute to get going again. That's exactly what ended up happening. Adrian Kempe scores his 18th goal of the season. Drew Doughty had the puck in the zone. Kempe was coming back into the zone. And he was able to step into a one-timer up from the point. It deflected a couple times. Bounces past Tristan Jari again. On that goal, nothing Tristan Jari could have done. I think it bounced off Ricard Raquel high in the slot. It looked like it might have hit somebody lower in the slot. I was in the building and haven't gotten to see the replay because there was a long drive back to Virginia in between these two things happening. But nonetheless, Adrian Kempe ties it, and the vibe in the building was shot after that. Everybody could feel what was coming. And later in that game, Penguins get a power play opportunity and turns into a two-on-one shorthanded for the LA Kings. And it's the same name again. Adrian Kempe scores his 19th of the season and his second of the game with a shorthanded goal, beating Tristan Jari through the five-hole. Anze Kopitar gets his 28th assist on that one, and the Kings go up 2-1. to one. That's where things stood at triple zeros on Yarmir Yager. Celebrate 68 night. LA Kings win it by a final score of 2-1 to one in this one. Three stars of the game. I'm going to give a couple Penguins some stars in this one, even though you know, you lose in that effort and in that game, they didn't look particularly good for long stretches, but I'll give stars to a couple players. One, Sidney Crosby. He's going to continuously get a star because he continues to try to put this team on his back and will them towards a playoff spot, but he just doesn't have enough help right now. Scores his 31st goal of the season, continues to be the only source of life for this Penguins team, and obviously a big night for him, a big night for the core, getting an opportunity to celebrate a great that came before him, a great that is the reason that they had the opportunity to just be playing in Pittsburgh, let alone play 20-plus years together in the city of Pittsburgh with the Penguins organization. So it was a huge night for him. He showed out. He scored a goal. He made a couple other nice plays. He was seemingly just a hair away from making some really nice plays and extending the lead for the Penguins. Just wasn't able to get the job done on his own. Tristan Jari gets the second star of this one. I saw some discourse around Tristan Jari that... 
yeah, that last goal was ugly. And I agree. The last goal was ugly. You need a save. You need a timely save in that manner. But if you're holding that game against Tristan Jari, you're missing the fact that they would have been down four or five to one, if not for his performance in the first two periods of play. And even into the first third period, five minutes of the third period, he stood on his head. He's the only reason that they were in that game because defensively, they were about as good as they've been all season, which is not very good. So Tristan Jari stands on his head, keeps the Penguins in the game, keeps them ahead in the game for 45 plus minutes in this one. And then he gives up a bad one at the end and you, you hate to see it. You hate allowing that goal with under five minutes to go shorthanded on a two on one, especially because Kempe came straight in and just shot the puck right through his five hole. It was in and out of the net before you could know it. You want to make that save, but at the same time, you can't hold the game against them. I mean, the team didn't help him. The team didn't really produce a lot offensively and they had plenty of power play opportunities in this game that continues to be the Achilles heel for this Penguins team. First star of the game, obviously going to give it to Adrian Kempe. Two goals in the third period. Gets the LA Kings the win. He's a he's a nice player. Man. I love watching Adrian Kempe play. Obviously not when it comes at the behest of a Penguins loss, but he's an electrifying player. A lot of speed, great shot, and he was able to take advantage of some missed opportunities for the Penguins. A good bounce on the first goal and just a poorly played goal in the second goal, getting a two-on-one shorthanded with five minutes to go, it's just inexcusable. And I, I believe a couple of players echoed that sentiment post-game. It's pretty obvious that you can't allow that. But final thoughts in this one. I mean, again, just commending the Penguins organization, Kevin Acklin, and the entire organization for what they did for Yarmir Yager this weekend. It was really since he touched down in Pittsburgh last week at the round midweek. He had, obviously, the Prantles Bakery uh, birthday cake that he was given at the Fairmont where he was staying, and he obviously also had the, the event on Friday night where his former players went up and they were telling stories, and you know Kyle Dubas, Mike Sullivan, some of the players in attendance there, and obviously a lot of the fans that were able to attend in that one. Saturday going out there and practicing with the Penguins, Sunday going out there and taking the pregame warm-ups with the Penguins, and obviously having that, that final lap. We always commend teams for, oh, that's so cool, the rookie lap he's out there by his, his on his own. For Yarmir Yager to be able to, in full gear, with the 68 on his back, have that one opportunity to skate around PPG Paints Arena and really just get the ovation that he deserves. Uh, a tremendous job by the Penguins, and it was a great weekend, perfect weekend, up until they had to win a hockey game. And that's just the story of the Penguins this year. They're not great at winning hockey games, but they've been great at celebrating individual milestones. Um, so shout out to Yarmir Yager. A classy move by the organization, a classy weekend by the organization. And he was great all, all weekend. He was game for it. And uh, obviously, I'm going to have to go back and watch some of the broadcasts because when he was on there, he made a, a couple of moments that made it to social media. So very entertaining game, very entertaining pregame more so. But the Penguins, you know, business picks up again. You can't turn your foot off the gas because the Penguins are behind the eight ball. We've kind of buried them a little bit in the last week. I still think that the the odds of them making a playoff push are a long shot, but you know there's still plenty of time for for crazy stuff to happen this season. We're obviously going to keep an eye on everything that happens leading up to the NHL's trade deadline coming up in a couple weeks. But up next for them in the immediate future is a matchup against the New York Islanders. And while, yes, every game is important right now, the Penguins are 10 points out of the third-place position in the Metropolitan Division. I believe they are nine, eight or nine points out of a wild card spot right now. They have the games in hand, but they also haven't won three straight games since December. So take that for what you will. But these games against division rivals that are above you in the standings can't be understated how important they are. So we'll see you guys on Tuesday with that. But 
We'll be back later today with an episode of Iceberg to go as I, I parcel through what we saw yesterday with the Penguins and the Kings and, and what we have to look forward to here as the Penguins schedule starts to heat up heading into the month of March. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from by simply searching Tip of the Iceberg. But that's it for this one. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>